You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com Girls who write dressed with red and white sashes Snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes Silver white winters and championship rings These are a few of my favorite things When a dog Hello and welcome to War Horses, the only podcast dedicated to an equestrian team that is currently 10-0. I am Auburn Elvis and I'm your host. Uh, oh, and by the way, yeah, that was me singing. I uh, put together a little song there. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's me, you know, doing a little parody of uh, a few of my favorite things from Sound of Music. And if you couldn't make it out... It was girls who ride dressage with red and white sashes, snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes, silver white winners, and championship rings. These are a few of my favorite things. So, and uh, the red and white sashes, all that'll become clear here in just a little while. So, let's get into that Georgia Auburn meet, please. Uh, you know, we had a really tough meet over in Bishop, Georgia, and Auburn delivered y'all. Let's talk about it. Uh, it was set up on the day going into it. Auburn had drawn some really good uh, matchups. A lot of the Georgia strong riders were up against uh, equally or better stronger riders on Auburn's side. That's normally the case because we got so many good strong riders. So the first event of the day was fences. And normally you would think, hey, Auburn's going to do real well because we're Auburn. But uh, boy, Georgia, they looked really good at the beginning. In fact, in fences, they won three of the five points. So they won that event three to two and took a lead overall in the day. So right out of the gate, it was like, oh boy, this is going to be kind of stressful, y'all. And they were actually led by this one girl, Maddie Darst, and she was the one that I was thinking, I was telling everybody, look, y'all got to worry about her. Um, And she she rode real well in fences. So the next event was horsemanship. It was also close. Uh, Georgia got two points out of that, and they were very close. They almost went to Auburn, but Georgia did get them. But Auburn took the other three points, highlighted by Olivia Tardoff's MOP ride in horsemanship. So we were tied at the half. And we're not normally tied at the half because we're really pretty good. And for somebody to kind of come in there and uh, stand us up and get as many points as us, that's a little bit stressful. But the things would quickly change, as I'm about to tell y'all. So, on the next event was equitation on the flat. Normally, there's a little bit of time between, you know, but I guess with setting up, it took a while to get the flat space ready. And so, the flat numbers were coming almost on top of the... Um, uh, 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 the reigning numbers, and so it was a bit dicey there just trying to figure out, you know, where these rides were and what numbers were coming in, where we were getting points from, but, you know, in the end, it all works out. It's just a little stressful when you're trying to follow it along, uh, follow along on Twitter like I was. So, Equitation on the Flat started up, and again, Georgia looked really strong on that first round. 
Um, most of their rides look pretty strong, maybe even a little stronger than the Auburn rides that were going up. Uh, again, their top rider, Maddie Darched, uh, she ran at the very end, not ran, she rode at the very end of that first round, and she put in a 73, which isn't bad, but isn't great. And for her, it might be actually a little low. And so that was that first sign that, hey, we might could take that point, and we, this, this thing might be about to change on them. And yeah, it was. So when that 73 came through, then it was time for the next, um, uh, the next round, uh, which would be the points round. And sure enough, in the points round, Auburn started off with three straight flat points, one of which was the MOP ride by Taylor St. Jacques. And uh, then we did give up a point to a strong ride uh, from Allie Trichler over at Georgia. And then the last ride of that event, Auburn's Emma Kurtz, she got revenge uh, for her loss in fences to Maddie Darched, and she turned in, well, I don't have what that number was, but it was higher than 73, and it gave us a point, and so we ended up getting uh, four of the five points in equitation on the flat, and boom, that gave us a big lead. Overall, we it, the score was nine to six at this point, and all we needed were two points to sew up the whole meet. Now, technically, we could have gotten just one point and ended up tying and then maybe beating them on raw score, but you don't want to do that because that's dicey. You want to beat them uh, in the points total so it doesn't even go down to the head-to-head uh, on raw points. Uh, we were going into raining, our last event, and basically we just needed two points, but you don't want to think about it that way. You want to give it your best so that you get more than two points. In fact, you want to get all five, but... Uh, so we started out in fences and, uh, I'm not fences, in raining, and we got the first point in that, um, let's see, there was one, uh, issue there, we had a rider who turned in a score that then got held up for review, what was probably going on was when she did one of them spins, I bet the horse over-rotated and they were having to look at the tape to see, did she over-rotate so much that she would get disqualified? Now, it took them so long to review that, we actually didn't find out what her score was until the points round. It turned out she didn't get disqualified, but she did get dinged a little bit on that over-rotation. Um, but it wasn't so bad. I mean, it was a low score for her, but it wasn't. It, it was about 10 points lower than the girl that ended up beating her on Georgia's side, but it wasn't, like, horribly low. Normally, you'll see in a situation like that, where a score like that might be 30 points lower, uh, and th- in that case, you're just like, oh, man. If this does come down to tiebreaker, we done for. But, spoiler alert, it did not come down to a tiebreaker. Because, uh, like I said, we got that first point. Let's see. Then we lost that uh, very next point. Barely lost that. Then we came up on, uh, let's see, another point where we ended up winning. I think Terry June Granger gave us that uh, that meet winning point. So she gave us the 11th point. Then we lost, barely lost the next one. And then on the last point of the day, Jen Casper picked it up and gave us 12 points overall. And Georgia only had eight. So that means we won because 12 is larger than eight. Woohoo! Uh, War Eagle. Now, it felt so good to beat Georgia again. They were really, this was their Super Bowl, y'all. I mean, they had been embarrassed out in November when they came to Auburn. Uh, and then last week, if you'll recall, they barely lost to Texas A&M. So they got two losses to Texas A&M. So... You know, they got another uh, ride coming up against South Carolina pretty here pretty soon. But for them, this was it. The Auburn meet was everything. They wanted to spoil it for Auburn, spoil our perfect season. All that did not happen. So, man, that's awesome. But we were kind of sweating it out there for about an hour. You know, and, and normally we would sweep some of those events, but they took some points from us. So, 
you know, you got to give them credit for riding well. They did ride well, but we just rode better. Another thing is, you know, we had that real hard uh, road trip out to California where those meets were a little bit closer than what we expected. So to have to go do that and then go immediately on the road to a hostile environment like Georgia, where they are capable of beating us and certainly motivated. What a performance by Auburn. I mean, there ain't another program in the country that could have done what we did in these last two weekends and performed like we did. So Again, we're the best. They, they ought to invent uh, a ranking position that's higher than one and just put us there, you know, prime, and the, uh, leave one blank, and then all the other teams get ranked. Because that's what Auburn is right now. We are prime. <sighs> Man, what a win. <laughs> it was fun. Um, so now let's talk about how many points we gained from freshmen. Now, this is something I highlight all the time, and y'all might get sick of it, especially if there are any riders who aren't freshmen listening. I'm sorry. I'm not picking on y'all. I'm just trying to show y'all how strong this program is, you know, because normally here's what it is. You would think that, uh, if you've got lots of, of, um, athletes in these different classes, typically your advancement in athlete, as an athlete kind of goes like this. You start out as a freshman, takes you a little bit of uh, a while to get acclimated and used to that level of competition. And so over your four years, as time goes by, you get stronger and stronger. So it's typically at the tail end of your career when you start really contributing to your team. That's the normal procedure. Uh, and it's been like that at Auburn. I'm not saying Auburn isn't normal. Uh, last year, for example, our senior class was about half of our points that we scored was by those seniors. So they've graduated. So obviously you would expect our next class to come in. Well, uh, at Auburn, to replace that amount of talent, what has happened is we recruited so well that our freshman class is actually delivering a huge percentage of our points. Uh, on some some meets, it's as high as maybe 50% or even a little bit higher than 50%. At this Georgia meet, uh, we had five of our 12 points coming from freshmen, so that works out to be about 42%. Um, by comparison, when you look over at Georgia, their freshmen uh, they had one point that was delivered by their freshman class of their uh, eight points. So when you do the math, that's about 13%. So 13% of Georgia's freshman class, or 13% of Georgia's points due to their freshman class, 42% of Auburn's points due to our freshman class. So boy, that what that also means is the future's going to look even better for Auburn than it is today. And it looks really good today. So that's that's wonderful. War Eagle, y'all. Now, let's see. Oh, in fact, you know what I'm probably going to do? I'm probably going to put together a breakdown of all of the sort of nationally competitive teams in the sport and just see where they're getting their points from in the various classes. You know, um, I'll do that probably before we go into the national championship on all those top classes. I'll probably do Georgia, too. And, yeah, and that way, when we go into the national championship, we'll have some stats about that, just so we can kind of get an idea of not only where people are getting their points now, but what's that going to do to them next year? Because I can tell you, spoiler alert, <laughs> things ain't looking great for Georgia if they don't really recruit well. So, that's awesome. All right, so there were a bunch of other meets going on. This was a big full weekend, everybody getting back in the saddle and riding in these meets. Um, one meet, uh, was Baylor going over to TCU and man, this was a tale of two different riding seats. Uh, cause Baylor, they started out in the jumping seat and they got six of those 10 points. Uh, TCU only got four. So you're thinking, Hey, Baylor looking good. You're the higher ranked team. You're on the road, but you're doing well. 
Uh, but then when you look at the Western seat, uh, TCU got eight of those points and Baylor only got two. So when you do all that math, uh, yeah, Baylor got upset. They only got eight points. TCU got 12. That was the same score as Auburn, by the way, except reversed as to who the home and visitors were. Um, and so, yeah, Baylor lost. So that's going to shake up the rankings a little bit. And Baylor is our next opponent. They're actually coming to Auburn uh, this Saturday. So uh, interesting bit of news there. And we'll we'll look at Bay- Baylor in a little bit more detail when we uh, get to the end of the podcast here. So next meet up, UC Davis and UT Martin. Uh, they were actually taking part in a tri meet over in Fresno State. This meet was a little weird because it got split into two different days. On Friday, they did the jumping seat events, and then on Saturday, they did the western seat. UT Martin actually led five to three in the jumping seat events, so they started out strong, just like that other meet that I told you about a second ago. And then on the next day, UC Davis came back and won the western events and ended up, uh, uh, uh UC Davis won that meet. Nine to seven, and that's probably going to shake up the rankings too because UC Davis was not ranked, uh, and UT Martin was. They're either ninth or tenth, so they're probably going to drop out of the rankings. UC Davis actually did really well against Auburn, so they they have come back after this winter break and they're doing really well. So yeah, boom. All right, so moving right along, then we had UC Davis at Fresno State, who was of course the host uh, team of that meet. UC Davis rode well, but as we know by now, that if you're playing. Uh, Fresno State at home, they're probably going to beat you because, you know, they've got all those advantages over there. The meet was about 5-4 to four in favor of Fresno on the jumping seat side, and then they really ran away with it on the western side and ended up winning 14-5. to five. So, yeah, Fresno, they're good at home. Uh, then UT Martin rode against Fresno State, the and, and yeah, Fresno State dominated. The only place where UC, UT Martin didn't get dominated was horsemanship. Um, they took a couple of those points, uh, but the overall score was Fresno State 14, UT Martin 4. For Fresno State, this was their 10th meet, and 8 of those meets have been at home. And when I say 10 meets, this is the 10th full non-jump-and-seat-only or non-exhibition. So they've done 10 full meets, 8 of them have been at home. By comparison, Auburn has also done 10 meets, and only 2 of Auburn's have been at home. So the exact opposite there. And yet Auburn's the undefeated team. So, yeah, really amazing. Especially, you know, here in Equestrian where being at home is a big advantage. So now let's look at Oklahoma State at SMU. Oklahoma State's ranked number two in the country. At least they were until this meet happened. Uh, I actually had to go back and look at the score sheet on this to make sure the score was correct because, boy, Oklahoma State did not do well. Uh, They didn't ride last week, so this is their first meet coming out of the holidays. And, boy, they really could have used a tune-up because they lost 5-13. to Oh, my goodness. I mean, SMU is decent, but uh, they just spanked the number two team. Oh, my goodness. So there's definitely going to be a shakeup in the rankings of, of this one. Uh, when you look at that score sheet, you know, it started out well for the Cowgirls. They um, went three and two in the, uh, yeah, three of the five of the flat. Uh, then things got tighter as it went on. You know, it was 2-2 with a tie in horsemanship. And then the wheels fell off and SMU took almost all the remaining points. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, you wonder, I mean, did a lot of the Oklahoma State girls just graduate in December or something and leave the program? I mean, 
what's up? Anyway, that's that's not good for them. <laughs> then the big meet of the day that wasn't Auburn, Georgia, Texas A&M at South Carolina. Now, when these two teams rode in College Station last semester, South Carolina got the upset. Uh, this was actually kind of surprising because I would have figured A&M would have beat them, but A&M is a very up and down team, like I've been saying. Well, <laughs> this was kind of a down day. Uh, they went over to Columbia, South Carolina. It was close the whole day. It was basically back and forth, back and forth. South Carolina went up 3-2 on the flat, and the, uh, they did 3-2 in raining, but A&M went 3-2 over fences and 3-2 over horsemanship. So again, if you can count for any Alabama fans, who might be listening, uh, that ends up in a 10-10 tie. So they looked at the raw scores, and South Carolina ended up winning. So South Carolina has now beaten Texas A&M twice, and what that's probably going to do is really kind of mess with what I wanted the SEC standings to be. What's going to probably happen is if Auburn keeps winning on out, uh, and if Georgia beats South Carolina again, because they've already beaten them once, then what that's going to mean is Texas A&M, South Carolina, and Georgia are all going to be two and four in the conference. So I don't know how they're going to go through and figure out which team is the second, third, and fourth seeds. Uh, they're going to have to do some sort of cumulative points total, and I'm not sure if they would only look at the points that they've scored among the three of them, or if they would also include Auburn in that. Uh, so this is going to be really weird to figure out if everything plays out the way you think it's going to. Who is the number two, number three, and number four team in the SEC? Now, of course, we know who the number one is. It's Auburn. So, yeah, the Aggies' inconsistency continues, and this is probably going to shake up the SEC standings. Oh, and the reason that matters is because Georgia is hosting the SEC tournament this year. So, kind of what Auburn would like to do is not really ride against the host team if they can help it, because the host team always tends to do better. Frankly, I think South Carolina just isn't as good as these other two teams, despite how well they seem to perform against Texas A&M. So I would really rather ride against South Carolina on uh, the first part of the tournament and then turn around and ride against the winner of the other side, you know, in the finals, hopefully Texas A&M. But, you know, who who knows? I mean, Auburn is better than all three of them, so it kind of doesn't matter, but you really don't want to ride against the host if you can help it. So, but we'll see. It'll all work out and, you know, hey, whatever. Now, those were all the meets. Let's look at some awards. We love awards. January only had a couple of meets, but since it did have some meets, there were Riders of the Month. And these aren't SEC Riders of the Month, which the conference ever hasn't announced anything for January. So maybe they didn't notice. But the NCEA did, and so they released their list of Riders of the Month for January. And Auburn had two Riders of the Month in January. Taylor St. Jock won for Fences, and Taylor Cyrils won for Horsemanship. So two Taylors. Insert your clever Taylor pun here. <laughs> now, uh, since we are talking about awards, let's talk about MOP gifts. Okay, so earlier in the show, I was foreshadowing this part right here. I did not mention it last week, uh, what the MOP gifts were out in California, so I'm going to mention it now. They gave out flowers at both UC Davis and Fresno State. Now, there is nothing wrong with flowers. And if you recall back in the uh, one of the podcasts back in the fall, I actually joked around about um, if you were going to give flowers, you could just go down to the grocery store, buy some flowers and present those as your gifts. Uh, and, and actually, my wife kind of got on to me and she was like, they don't go down to the grocery store and do that. They have a florist and they no, 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 no. Well, I'm here to tell you, no, they do go down to the grocery store. I know because in the picture of our MOP 
ladies, they are holding those flowers up and you can clearly see the UPC code on the cellophane and it's grocery store flowers. And over at UC Davis, they didn't bother to even try to pull off the UPC code. At, at Fresno State, they tried to scratch it off so it didn't look as good, but you could still tell what it was. So here's a pro tip for everybody out there. You know, there is nothing wrong with giving grocery store flowers. Who doesn't like to get flowers? That's great. But if you're going to get flowers, get a pair of scissors and just snip off the UPC code. Snip off that part of the plastic and then give it to the person. Uh, it just looks a little bit classier if you do it that way. But again, ain't none wrong with grocery store flowers. Uh, just, you know, think about it a little bit. Don't make it obvious. Uh, now, over at Bishop Georgia, they also gave away MOP gifts. And Georgia, you know, they think they're the best, even though obviously they are not. So they're trying real hard over there. God bless them. Um, their MOP gifts are some very nice red and white sashes. Uh, and they say most outstanding player on them. And then they have this, you know, button down on there. Now about the, I'm going to jump off on another tangent. Most outstanding player. Now that's MOP. And a lot of places refer to it as most outstanding player. But I don't think that the P should really stand for player because you don't play equestrian. You ride, uh, but ride doesn't begin with a P. It begins with an R. Again, for you Alabama fans listening. So what I typically do is I phrase it as most outstanding participant. But I actually don't really like that either. It's just hard to say. It's kind of awkward. You don't really say it that way. So here's what I'm suggesting. The P should stand for performance. Most outstanding performance. And I'm going to actually start bugging anybody I can find with some influence on this and, and see about if we couldn't get that changed. Um, and jumping off on another tangent, there's actually a precedent for this kind of strict terminology in uh, College Equestrian. If you recall, uh, back at the end of the year, in the, in the fall, the NCEA formally changed the name of the hunter seat events to jumping seat events. And uh, it has worked. And you don't see anybody really calling it hunt seat or hunter seat anymore. Everybody refers to it as jumping seat. So if we can do that with that terminology, I think we can also do it with the MOP terminology and make, make it so that it officially stands for most outstanding performance. So... Back to the MOP gifts. Uh, yeah, at Georgia, you know, they got the sashes and the sashes have this big button on them with a bull bulldog face. And you're like, okay, sure, sure, whatever. That's great. Um, and I think you see where I'm going with this. Um, as good as those sashes are, those are not as good as orange and blue stick horses. And if you have been following me on Twitter, you've probably seen some photos in the last couple of weeks of when, when I'm uh, watching some of these Auburn events like Auburn Gymnastics or Auburn Basketball. I am also working on a whole bunch of stick horses for the remaining three Auburn meets. And so I'm here to tell you that uh, I have completed all of those. So we have the 12 MOP stick horses that we need for the final uh, three home meets because again for you Alabama fans 12 divided by three is four there's four MOPs so that's why you would need four horses so um and actually this this coming Saturday I will be uh in Auburn for the Baylor meets and that uh, you'll if you go you'll get to see some MOP horses so um oh and another tangent oh, I love going off on tangents y'all 
if you think about it, if if you're coming into this sport and you, you're used to all the MLP gifts or flowers, which you typically don't save, or the ribbons or buttons, which are small things, or uh, what was it? There was one place we went, I think it was Texas A&M, where they gave us bunt cakes. So again, that's an edible. You're going to eat that. Um, you're not really going to have to... to you know, find a place for these things, uh, in your dorm room. Well, but of course, stick horses take up a little bit of room and, and some of these girls are going to start acquiring a little bit of a stable of sick horses. So, um, I've been thinking about it and yeah, that's not my problem, <laughs> but here I do have advice for you. So all you, you know, Taylor St. Jock and all the rest of y'all who are probably going to be winning multiple of these MOP horses. Here's my advice. Uh, get up with your, uh, friends and family members. And, you know, you keep one of them, but the other ones, give them to them and or loan them to them and just say, hey, come on out to that Auburn meet or the national championship or wherever and bring this and wave these around and, you know, cheer with these. Because I'll tell y'all, that was actually the original idea behind me doing all those stick horses. It was not necessarily to be the MOP gifts. I made a bunch of them because I was going to give them away to people in the fa- in the stands because I wanted people in the stands waving them things around. And I, I just had this visual dream of, you know, girls cheering and you pan over across and up in the fans, all the fans are cheering and they all got these orange and blue stick horses going crazy. And, you know, you MOP riders out there who's got a bunch of horses, y'all actually have a chance to do this with your family and friends. So um, I would just love it if, you know, when we go out to the national championship this year, if there's just a bunch of moms and dads holding orange and blue stick horses. That would be so sweet. So, oh, and uh, mentioning uh, the uh, national championship, um, the tournament dates were announced uh, last month, a little while ago, but I'm going to pass them along here because I never actually mentioned them. The NCAA is holding the National uh, Championship Tournament. Uh, it's in Waco again at that same week that it typically is in, in April. Um, it's from April 15th through Saturday, April 18th. So just to recap here for everybody who might not be familiar with it, you have eight teams that compete in the team tournament and you have 16 teams that compete in the different event tournaments. So on Wednesday is your first day. That day is all individual events. So if you aren't a super big Auburn equestrian fan, you can kind of skip Wednesday's events. I'll be there. But um, if you're following along on Twitter, you might not, you don't have to really follow that closely on Wednesday because Thursday is when the team competition starts. It kicks off at the beginning of the day. The number one team will ride in that first meet. Spoiler, that's probably going to be all. And uh, that kicks things off. And so Thursday is the big day for team event. Then on Friday, we go back to the individual events. Uh, We have those, you know, semi quarterfinals, whatever, and gets us down to two teams in every event on Friday. And then Saturday is the big day where you start off where you ride the finals of the team competition. And that's when the national champion is crowned the overall national champion. And then you have the finals of all the other tournaments on that on the Saturday after that. And so, um, yay, everybody celebrates and all that stuff. And like I said, I'm going to be going this year. So if you're in the Baylor area from April uh, 8, 15th to the 18th, come on over and say hello. Um, you know, uh, I'll be the guy dressed as Auburn Elvis. And hopefully that I will be in an Auburn section with lots of moms and dads holding up orange or blue stick horses. We'll see how that goes. Um, so yeah, it'll be a fun time. Come on over and see me. So now let's look ahead to the upcoming meet versus Baylor. As I mentioned, Baylor did not do very well this week. And it only gets even tougher for them coming up on Saturday because they got to go to Auburn. Now, I talked to you about at their uh, TCU meet, they um, did not ride really well in the Western. They rode pretty good in the jumping seat side. So 
We've been giving up more points in fences than I would like, so I wouldn't be surprised if they take about five of the points in the jumping seat and we take the other five. And then when we get into Western, I'm going to say we probably take about nine or ten of those ten points. So we're going to... We're going to do really well overall, but it will be a little close, I bet, over on that jumping seat side. And frankly, if you see us turning in lots of great rides and getting all the points in jumping seat, you know we're going to absolutely kill them. Because, yeah, in the western seat, they're not nearly as good. So we're going to ride really well. This also might be an opportunity for Coach Greg Williams to um, ride a couple of girls that have typically been riding in the exhibition rides that haven't been counting in some of these meets. Uh, Maybe Peyton Hall will will get um, on a horse in actual competition here we'll see um again you know you don't want to mess around too much because you know auburn has a good thing going but at the same time you know there have been some good rides in these exhibition rides that might get a chance here against baylor because it's not an sec meet and again we we think we should do pretty well against baylor so we'll see but regardless of who the lineup is, we're going to be pretty good. Now, we don't really know what the weather's going to be like because it's really weird this year. But the uh, question center, most of it's covered. So you're going to be all right. Um, and on that same weekend, uh, Auburn basketball is out of town. But Auburn baseball and softball will be playing games that, that Saturday as well. So if you go to the equestrian center in the morning, you can watch some Auburn equestrian. And then go on over to Plainsman Park, watch some baseball. And then you can you know, even catch some softball if you want uh, in the evening. So three different Auburn sports. If you want to go into Auburn, you can see those this weekend. So, well, that was our big show. It was the Georgia recap, and boy, it was a fun one. Uh, we're, we're now on the home stretch. We got three home meets and the playoffs coming up where we go to the SEC tournament and then the national championship tournament. Auburn is 10-0, and undefeated, and uh, we are riding the most challenging se- schedule uh, and season of anybody in the country, and we're still undefeated. It's pretty good. That's all for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. I am Auburn Elvis, War Eagle, and War Horses. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?